Welcome to the Captain Bagrat podcast, where we're on a mission to fight boring news about Asia and Australia. You know, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it with a finger on the Asian, well, Asianish pulse. As always, we're recording from downtown Chinatown with yours truly, the mythical Madam Chan and friends. Shalom, Tash. Shalom, JJ. <laughs> how are you today? I'm very well. How are you? I'm good, thank you. You're coming on for a special end of year episode, and it is a Jewish Chinese Christmas, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, I mean, uh, I found out recently about there's like this Jewish Chinese connection, particularly around this time of year. There's a tradition that goes back pretty much to the 19th century. The Jews and the Chinese used to uh, live next to each other in New York on its Lower East Side, which I found completely. You know, like I was flabbergasted. I was like, "What? The Chinese and the Jewish celebrating Christmas together? That's just weird." So there's this <laughs> tradition in the U.S. of Jews going to Chinese restaurants on Christmas. Oh my and god! On the one hand, it just sounds completely, um, completely random. But on the other hand, it actually kind of makes sense because I mean, um, like. They're both these kind of outsiders within like uh, Western society, immigrants. And so particularly for Jews on Christmas, it's kind of like everything's closed. It's a public holiday, but it's not really our holiday. And so there's um, there's a rabbi, um, his name, uh, who wrote this book yeah. called A Kosher Christmas. And for him, he kind of explains this phenomenon that uh, the Chinese restaurant in a way became this safe haven for American Jews who felt like outsiders on Christmas Eve, but their outsider kind of yeah. becomes an insider because there's the uh, like going to the Chinese restaurants almost like creating <laughs> its own new, new tradition. And what do they eat? What do Jewish people eat when they went to Chinatown? I think for Christmas. I I mean I mean obviously not ham. No, oh, I, I think a lot do actually. Oh, a really? lot a lot okay. of a lot of American Jews like like don't don't oh, keep don't keep kosher. So I think it's almost like a like what happens in the Chinese restaurant stays in the Chinese restaurant. <laughs> because like the barbecue pork is just amazing. Exactly, oh, exactly. I, I my grandmother eats ham. Don't uh, hopefully grandma don't, I I'm sorry for admitting your secret on um on uh on the podcast. podcast yeah yeah <laughs> and, and, and yeah Chinese make really good food with pork belly so I'm not surprised that the, the, the Jewish people of New York went to Chinatown for Christmas and go let's just have a special day that nobody will know about <laughs> And so how do you celebrate your Christmas? Um, you're, you're from a Jewish background, is that correct? Yep, that, yep that's correct. Um, my um, my dad's uh, uh, Christian Australian, but my mom's American Jewish. Um, and so, uh, I mean, I think uh, we, um, uh, we actually mainly like my dad does like a lobster on Christmas day but funnily enough in my Yum. family my, my grandmother likes to have Chinese takeout for breaking the fast of a different Jewish holiday <laughs> called Yom Kippur which is like the day of atonement and like a couple years ago my mom was saying oh what are you doing to break the fast she's like getting Chinese takeout that's what we always do so my family's a bit different it's not necessarily always the Chinese takeout at Christmas we do Chinese takeout a different Jewish holiday but it's it's a real thing when's atonement Oh, it's okay. it's in October and it's ten days after Jewish New Year. Oh, well, that's really well coincidental, isn't it? As well, yeah, Chinese yeah. New Year is all about eating well together with your families. So I'm glad that you know the Jewish have borrowed a little bit of Chineseness in there, or included us in your <laughs> celebrations. <laughs> and so, like from what you have told me a few times, um, there's actually quite a special connection between the Jewish people and the Chinese people, and it dates back to history um, in China. So. 
when I was traveling, um, I, uh, you know, the southwest of China, I got to this um, hostel and on there, weekly event that they have I think it's like on a Friday they say hey look we're all gonna come together for a Jewish dinner and I thought this is really strange and <laughs> and apparently it's a it's a special thing that you do yes so in in Judaism yeah. Friday night it's kind of like a weekly holiday it's called Shabbat it's like the Jewish Sabbath yeah and so I mean apparently Jews invented the weekend because it's this whole idea of like fr Friday night marks like the end of the week that you take a day of rest and so Shabbat dinner is always this kind of like um like family get together like end of the week relax um kind of like it's it's not like a major it's it's i mean in a way it's it's quite important but at the same time it's like it happens every week so yeah. there's a little like there's a kind of normalization about it but i find that so funny that this asian hostel incorporated the like jewish shabbat as part of its um and it was like out in the west of china no and i was just like why is there such a Jewish influence? And then I learned uh, when I got to Shanghai, a bit of history that apparently the Jewish settlement uh, came over to um, Shanghai around World War One and World War Two. There are actually a lot, a, a lot of people I know within the Jewish community mm. have family that have connections with Asia because a lot of different waves of Jewish immigrants actually went to Asia first in order to escape like various persecution in Europe. So around um, like the end of World War One, you have a a lot of um, Russian Jewish immigrants yeah. escaping kind of like the revolution in Russia That's who right. come through Asia um, like in, in order to escape Russia and then um, before World War II a lot of the Jews who were obviously fleeing like Nazi persecution mm. actually found like a safe haven particularly in Shanghai wow. and so yeah no it's um, like in a way uh, like very grateful that like that option was available because a lot of countries around that time actually turned Jews away back to like kind of face their death at that time so I think a lot of people that came for Asia were grateful to have somewhere that actually was welcoming at that time. A new settlement for displaced yeah. Jewish communities yeah. and I found out apparently over in China by the time of the Second World War which was you know at the mm -hmm. height of what happened to your people um, there were about 36 thousand Jewish people in China that's crazy I mean like it's like like I mean um like we're not that big of people so that's a lot like, <laughs> in one area yeah. oh my god so I feel like you know we're all, almost like blood sisters <laughs> absolutely absolutely and it's like it's just it's it it, it actually pops up so often like cause, I mean mm. I love at being Jewish I have uh it's pretty common you love to tell other people famous people who are also Jewish but it's like I get the biggest kick out of when they're kind of like Asian Jews or African-American Jews and people are like wait what they're like they're like <laughs> like because uh, often you think of those two things like you don't think you can be both in one two different minority groups what the heck like minority squared and um, who's your favorite like out of the oh, famous uh, slash Asian Jews I mean like they're kind of like there's like the the most famous ones probably like uh, Mark Zuckerberg and <sighs> Priscilla Chan kind of like uh, but then there's also so they're, they're a couple that are more niche, but that I kind of, um, I remember when I was in high school and we were doing a poetry unit mm. and our teacher kind of tried to make poetry cool by introducing us to slam poetry. And she was showing us a video of these two slam poets and they looked Asian, but as part of their slam poetry routine, it actually turned out they were both like, like they both had these crazy similarities and they both had a Japanese mom and a Jewish dad and like, and part of, and they've got like the, their, like their slam poetry routine kind of tells this story of these like like they their names are Phil K and Sarah K they're not even related but they even have the same last name and the same like uh, ethnic makeup and um 
So there's that coincidence. And then um, uh, my sister and I, a couple years ago, went to New York City together. And my sister did all this research in terms of like she found the best museums to go to, the best food places to go to. But I think out of all the research that she did, what we were most excited about was trying this restaurant called Shalom Japan. Oh, that's and it's such a cool name, it's Shalom such a, Japan. It's so great. And started by like a, um, a, a Japanese wife, Jewish husband, started a restaurant together. And they've got all the like they their most I think their most famous and like popular item on the menu is matzo ball ramen so matzo ball is this like um uh this like Jewish soup that uh, that we eat around Passover time which is you're not allowed to eat leavened bread so it's kind of like this um I don't even know how to it's like it's uh, so it's kind of like it's matzo is like a cracker but then you make a kind of like dumpling out of it so it's like matzo ball is kind of like a Jewish dumpling, except it's a, it's a little bit soggy. It's a little bit like the tech. It's not everyone's cup of tea, <laughs> but it's like it's the ultimate comfort food. And that's similar with ramen. It's that kind of like in I think most cultures, soup is that real kind of like and the dumpling part. That yeah, is very Asian. Yeah, yeah. And so um yeah, so I've I, I I've tried their matzo ball ramen. I love it. They also do a um sake kasu hala so hala is the kind of brioche bread that jews eat on that friday night yeah. sabbath um but what they do at shalom japan is that they use the yeast left over from sake brewing in order to make the hala and there's actually that's oh, wow. not get this jj that's not the only asian version of hala there's also another celebrity yeah. chef in um uh, in america her name is molly yeah her mom is jewish her dad is chinese and she also does like a um uh, a sca scallion pancake hala and my sister and i've made made like a hala using her recipe so it's got like um kind of it's it's like as if a scallion pancake Would married you, a, a yeah. hala and had a baby and it's delicious yeah, because the scallion pancake is um, is pretty much everywhere. You can get it on the streets, so it's like a very colloquial kind yeah. of meal. Yeah. And then to add the, the Jewish side to it, oh, and can you cook that? Can you cook that for me? One absolutely, day? <laughs> I, I will. I will bring it. Like uh, you, you've given me um, uh, my um, yogurt. my my yogurt drink, so I will pay you back with scallion pancake challah next time. And it's a combination of Oreo and Ch or Chinese yogurt. So. Exactly, exactly. So fusion food is 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 the best. And like the other thing that she. Uh, Molly yeah, does as well. She's yeah. got a couple of different recipes that actually combine her kind of Chinese and Jewish heritage. She has um, uh, pastrami egg rolls as pastrami well. Pastrami egg rolls. <laughs> oh my god, I can't wait because this, I like I never knew this the strong connection between the Jewish community and the Chinese community. I just thought oh, just randomly more and more uh, people getting married, and then you know with with uh, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, founder of Facebook, and Priscilla Chan, who is a doctor. Yeah. You know your stereotypes. Yeah. <laughs> all coming together and apparently there is a, a growing percentage in the US yes yeah, yeah. there's yeah. like like there's actually like there's a couple who uh, who are themselves like Asian Jewish who've done the research confirming confirming it and yeah. but I mean, on, like on the one hand like geographically so so different but on the other hand it, it makes complete sense we kind of have this like um, I think I mean, the, where, 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 where to start? There's only one place with the mother. It all oh, comes back the to the mother. The, I, yeah, I mean, like, you guys have the tiger mom. The Jewish mom doesn't have her own cool name, but she is a real figure in, like, yeah. like in terms of that kind of overbearing Jewish mother. Not that all Jewish... My mother's not overbearing. But, like, but there's a real... Love you, I mom. Think, <laughs> there's a real emphasis, I think, on, like, like kind of... Uh, I'm, 
I mean, it's always a thing with immigrant cultures, but I think particularly with like, um, like Asian immigrants and J Jewish immigrants, you know that you're like, you're not part of the establishment. You do, like, you kind of, if you're going to make it, you need to really like, m like make it on, make it on your own. And, mm. um, and I think that like the parents want the best for the children. They really emphasize kind of the, uh, the importance of education and, and when plus the struggle of the Jewish community during World War One and World War Two. So there is more emphasis, and you know, for for the younger generation to do well. Yeah, definitely. And like, I mean, when you think about um, like so many, uh, like it, I think we're not as well like. Jews, Asians, we're not as well well known for excelling in sports, so we kind of have to excel in things like like intellectual pursuits, <laughs> chess, music. So many famous like kind of like like Asian music and Jewish musicians. Kind of when you think about like the string world, it's like Yo Yo Ma and Yitzhak Perlman, and like they're kind of um, I I feel as though like similar values in terms of kind of pushing studies, pushing mm. music, and like kind of those uh, like there's a real value in terms of intellectual yeah. pursuits and um, the Jew as and the Chinese are also very good at money so somebody <laughs> who we have just discovered before we start recording is actually Stanley Ho so everyone who anybody who doesn't know Stanley Ho so he was the one who owned all pretty much all the casinos um, in Macau and guess what he has Jewish Dutch ancestry Wow that just wow. says a lot you know and you know, as well as Chinese side as well. Yeah. You you've had like you've had secret Asians on your podcast, JJ. Now it's the turn for the secret Jew. The secret Jew. I think we need to definitely do a new segment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just to include our sisters. Basically, any time I catch up with a friend of mine, it's always like there's always a new secret Jew. Uh, like um, the ABC did something about Norman Swan, this like Scottish like um, doctor who's been seeing us through COVID. He's actually Jewish. I love like I love sharing like like just these did new, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think we should share more of these kind of statistics so that yeah. you know people can appreciate you know uh, the hardship that your your community has gone through. It's like you know it's it's gone it's contributed quite a lot to science to you know financial systems uh, to, to the creative arts and you know I'm sure if we search hard enough there'll be some Jewish slash Asian ish person who's done well in sport somewhere it somewhere. has yeah yeah well chess is a sport exactly exactly <laughs> it exercises the mind quite a bit <laughs> giving your brain a little bit of a <laughs> absolutely <laughs> and so um, aside from all the connections that we we're seeing here how do you see the jewish and asian community moving forward from here like i have a friend who said look the future is going to be this picture gays jewish and chinese taking over the world that is the future <laughs> I think he's absolutely so spot on. I mean, like for so long, I guess like 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 those groups have been marginalized. But I think like this like this year especially, we're just seeing so much of like kind of minority groups refusing to like be sidelined, refusing to be mm. um, uh, discriminated against, and kind of I think it's great how much we can be like proud of like. Uh, of coming from minority backgrounds and that obviously with those like minority backgrounds you have to overcome so many more hurdles mm. and that I think like with so many of like the people that we've even discussed today like they use 
their um, like what makes them special in terms of having distinct cultural values and backgrounds. They use it to their advantage to kind of uh, to make great food, to make great art, to um, like use that even financial acumen mm. to um, to move forward. And that uh, sometimes being on the outside kind of lets you see things in a different light. And I think that's why so m m much of history has kind of shown us that uh, people that come from different backgrounds kind yeah. of uh, even though they're from a minority, they're overrepresented in kind of like um, uh, achievement because they can see things that sometimes like the rest of society doesn't see because they don't have that outsider perspective. And there's a quality that uh, I think the Jewish and the Chinese share, which is perseverance. Mm -hmm. Because you come from the outside, you've been an immigrant and you know this, yeah, you know, it's hard to try and be part of a society yes. that is, you know, not familiar with your culture, with the way you talk or, or can't even speak your language for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> and that's so, you know, you persevere, you have to keep trying, even though, you know, certain times they bring you down. And it's also really interesting as well, because like uh, Australia's population during the gold rush, it was 25% Chinese. I, I know, I, mm. I, we, we have, uh, we got our miniature schnauzer from um, at Bendigo and we went oh, to, we went to yeah. like the, like the, like the, the gold rush museum and like to um uh like to to, yeah. to see that it's like um uh i think there's kind of like right now we want to see more representation to like to show what like australia is is diverse and that we're increasingly seeing that in media and especially yeah. in some of the regional towns because around that ballarat slash bendigo area mm. like i had a previous um guest who who was born in one of the small towns there and he's, he's like white as can be <laughs> green blue eyes um from you know obviously a caucasian background mm. i don't know if jewish i have to double check uh, <laughs> and, and he said to me he goes when i grew up in my small town all I knew was that Easter came with Easter dragons. There was always a Chinese <laughs> dragon parade during Easter. And then he said, when I moved to this big city to go to university and Easter came about, I questioned, I was like, where are those dragons? <laughs> and it's actually That's so funny. In Ballarat, every yeah. year they, they, they pull out the dragon. The Chinese dragons come out. Well, you know what's so funny is we, like, when we went to get, um, uh, when we picked up um, our, our puppy, we bought a, um, a tea set from the um from the museum that's like yeah. got like those like a traditional chinese tea set and whenever i use it it's always like oh that was it's such a nice memory because it's like that's when we got our we got puppy, our family yeah. dog our puppy and it's like it's a, combined with like like kind of a, a appreciation of chinese culture <laughs> I, I i love the the, the drag yeah. the dragons yeah. at um uh like at easter it's just funny the way that for him that's like a, a normal part of his life like of his life because you kind of like so many traditions are so local, like there's to do with like what communities come from where and that like it's only normalized because like that's the habit people get into. Um, uh, and this, I think it's almost to bring it back to what we started off talking about that kind of like Jews going to Chinese restaurants at Christmas. It's like, that's, like that's just the norm for Chinese for That totally American surprised Jews. me. Yeah. Like I never knew that. <laughs> I was like, are you trying to pull my leg, Tash? I mean, I mean, seriously. <laughs> and and I guess from where I want to also make a comment is that um, uh, the Chinese community after the gold rush, because you know there were a lot of persecutions as well, and they brought in a lot of acts. Um, some of the Chinese from that um, era went on to do other things, and. One particular family, I think they were called the Panluks. So the brothers started a farm and they started to produce hops. 
and now they're one of like one of the biggest hop um, hop harvesting companies around Australia. So pretty much every beer that you drink is wow. a contribution from what he did because he left a gold mine or got you know pushed off, and he's like, well then fine, I'll go and make some beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like so much of like um like so many good things in society come from like uh like, being persecuted yeah, or, yeah i mean like as well come from like the richness Just, of diversity and what different people can contribute to mm. different societies and i think like it like it, we're so much richer for having like just even like the food scene the like the art scene the like um even having that museum in bendigo that teaches more about chinese culture it's like um we'd be all the poor if we didn't have all these influences giving us um yeah. uh making our society so rich yeah that's right and all the different generations who've um, gone on to and done other things and contributed to you know the building of australia yeah so this christmas what kind of chinese food will you be eating well <laughs> my absolute favorite chinese is um special braised eggplant from chinese noodle restaurant Ooh. i always that's the best thing about um being part of captain bagrat is coming to haymarket and i always like the first time i came for a meeting i called up my mom being like i'm in haymarket should I go to Chinese noodle restaurant? And she's like, absolutely. It's like, for us, like, this special braised eggplant is like our household, like, guilty pleasure. Yeah. Is that the one that comes in, like, a hot pot? Yes. A clay pot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Clay, clay pot. And it's like, it's, um, it's incredibly greasy but it's incredibly delicious, delicious. and like um uh I, I i love eggplant but theirs is like the absolute best yeah um to tell you the truth i think the chinese do eggplant the best but like yes. i have not found another country no offense jewish no no no, no we don't we don't have we don't have any i, I don't i to to the best of my knowledge i mean besides from baba ganoush but that's more middle yeah. eastern generally really like too. yeah yeah we don't have a specific like eggplant um uh dish so you I, I'm, I'm giving it to you that I'm not even try, going to try and fight you for this one, JJ. It's yours. We take the eggplant. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we will hold on to it with honor. <laughs> but there's a really good um, uh, chili sauce oh. that you you guys make. Um, there's a place that I go to. It's called. Maybe I have to edit this one. Oh, it's, it's like. A... Is it an Israeli sauce? Because yeah. there's like um. It's called shakshuka. Shakshuka. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, so this is like pretty much like the best contribution that Jews have made to like the modern brunch scene is shakshuka, and it's like so. Otto Lange is like the Israeli chef who's kind of like, um, like who's I think most well known for like giving like for for offering the rest of the world shakshuka. I think what people love about it is that like the brunch scene is so much associated with those girls who were active wear who kind of like to have this like trendy healthy lifestyle and so like the it's both delicious but it's also healthy Mm. and it's like it's the cap it's this kind of like capsicum tomato base and then you you cook the eggs within these little wells that you make within the capsicum tomato sauce yeah, it's and so beautiful. yeah yeah um, my sister and I make it from scratch all the time and like um uh and I I one of the first weekends that my boyfriend came over to to my house I, I was like oh I'm going to ma- I'm, we're going to make this together to like introduce <laughs> like introduce him to the best of Jewish cooking and then when he told his sister that like that, that I'd made it for him she was like apparently incredibly jealous because she was like oh my god shakshuka <laughs> it's the rave right now yeah. why don't you bring anything home for takeaway <laughs> And because you mentioned boyfriend, now, 
is he Asian or is he Jewish or is he Aussie, Aussie, Aussie? Ah, uh, he's an Aussie surfer, but I'm trying, <laughs> I'm introducing him slowly to Jewish culture. I'm teaching him Yiddish, which is the German Hebrew dialect, and yeah. he's starting to introduce it into his own dialect. So it's, you know what? Uh, before we know it, yeah. traditional Aussie culture is just going to become naturally inflected with all these kind of minority, like ethnic makeup. Yeah. And how, does he, has he learned quite a bit? Like, is he embracing? He comes the... over every Friday night for Shabbat dinner. And like, I, I think, um, I think he, it's like any minority yeah. culture. I think he likes the cooking. My, the, yeah. Credit where credit's due. It's my sister, not me. <laughs> <Doing the cooking. laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the whole family coming together. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Because I experienced, it, I was like, this is actually really nice. I like that. I like this feeling on a Friday yeah, where you yeah. you you hostel and everyone's coming to people from all over the country, and there was actually some Jewish backpackers as well. Nice. So we all just came together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so from here on, how do you see Australia moving on with this? this Jewish and Chinese culture. I'm hoping that Shalom Japan opens an Australian chapter, <laughs> JJ. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> or a Shalom China. Exactly. Or Shalom Shanghai. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I think that there's so, like, I've, I think that there's a lot of richness in, in those cultures. And yeah. I think, um, uh, I think the more fusion, the more fusion products, the better. <laughs> That's right. I totally agree. Bring on the richness of the different cultures that people don't know about. And hopefully when they listen to this, they're like, this is something I learned new uh, for today. It's like this tight community. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and next thing we know is that the gays, the Jewish and the Chinese are taking over the world. Jeez. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll have to have a, 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 a gay Jewish Asian prime minister and then we'll know we've truly made it. <laughs> And that's definitely going to happen in oh, this yeah. uh, this century, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure they're already born. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep an eye on because they could just be another Stan Stanley Ho. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Tash, for coming in today to uh, celebrate. This is our last episode for 2020. Uh, so we're going to have a break for two weeks over Christmas and New Year's. And it's just been phenomenal having you for this last episode because it is so relevant. <laughs> a Jewish Chinese Christmas. Uh, my pleasure, JJ. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> Bag right out. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For the latest updates and kooky posts, follow us at Captain Bagrat on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you love it as much as Captain Bagrat and we do, please support us with likes and shares. If you're really digging Captain Bagrat, it does cost us a bit to produce, and we really appreciate donations and in-kind contributions via Patreon or however you like. I mean, we will never say no to be a sponsorship. Your support will bring us one step closer to having our own TV show one day and to live broadcast it from the heart of downtown Chinatown. Solid. Thank you.